Well, it looks like Santa Claus hit a little turbulence going back to the North Pole, thus a four-day losing streak in the S&P 500 index futures. Now getting some good news, some warnings coming out of the uh, EV area, Mobileye. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some drug stocks, Avi, Lilly, CVS, Walgreens, Boots Alliance having earnings. Mark Chaikin, back-to-back appearances on a Thursday. It is Thursday. It's Joel. It's Dennis. It's Aaron. It's pre-market prep. Let's get things started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Starting the day out in the green after a four-day losing streak, up nearly three handles at 47.49 and a quarter. Uh, the buck back off par, but down 15 cents at 102.404. Bonds down nearly a stick at 123 and 10.30 seconds. Crude hanging out in the low 70. Oh, I got a trend line there in crude. Crude up 29 cents at 72.99. Gold up nearly 10 bucks at the 2053 area. Silver flat 23.16. Bitcoin futures, they're waiting for the big day. I guess it's January 15th. That's up $605 at $43,685. Let's bring in Triple D and Triple D. Let's just get the sports talk out of the way right away. I know it was Monday night, but... <laughs> Holy mackerel. I have to say, out of my favorite plays all time in Michigan history, the Desmond Howard punt return against Ohio State in 92, the Charles Woodson punt return against Ohio State in 97, that final play where Michigan stopped Alabama. I won to run that play on fourth and goal. That had to be one of my favorite plays of all time. Congratulations, Joel. Obviously, huge night for you. Huge night for Michigan sports. Huge night coming next week for Michigan sports here. Um, impressive win. Again, you know, nothing's better than when your sports team's winning. I mean, if you're a hardcore fan, like not a bandwagon fan, talking about the hardcore fans that suffer for all the years of agony, you know, watching crappy teams. When your team turns around, they start sw- start winning. It feels like nothing's better than that. So congrats. Okay. Uh, so uh, just a quick programming note. I'll be out Monday and Tuesday because I'm going to Houston. So I'll get the market up wow. the next couple days and then going to the, nat- the Natty Championships. But holy mackerel, yeah. I, I come back and we got a we lot of We need you here. Yeah, let's bring in AB. AB, how you doing? Were you able to put up with Dennis? For a couple days. Yeah, I think we, uh, you know, we actually, uh, against all odds, I think survived okay. But, you know, it's good <laughs> to have you back, Joel. And and I've, it's been fun to, to be here every morning with everyone in the chat, Dennis and, and everyone else. So just thanks, you know, can't express my gratitude enough for, for letting you guys or for letting me come on. So what was the over-under on how much you talked in the hour during the show? Was it over ah. five minutes or under five minutes? Oh, it was Come definitely. You can't come back and just start picking on me right away. No, it was definitely <laughs> over. Definitely over. Definitely over. It was pretty. It's always picking on me. Yeah, it was at least got to be, I would say, 60-40. You know, d- wow, that's pretty good. I'll short that. Okay. Anyways, uh, take it away, A.B. All right, well, let's go ahead and start this morning with Mobileye. Mobileye gave a uh, wow. revenue warning and stock absolutely crushed this morning, ticker MBLY. Uh, of course, this is a, a EV company spinoff of, uh, from Intel. Um, now, you know, other, other software stocks looks like they might be kind of trading down on this, but either way, I mean, if you're long like growth techie stocks right now, I feel like you got to start be getting a little bit worried that, hey, maybe, you know, this year's market's looking a lot different than what we were looking at a few months ago. 
if you're long a bunch of growthy techie stocks in your short-term portfolio, you haven't been listening to pre-market prep because we've been warning about this rug pull here every day in December. We thought when the calendar turned that it was going to be a tough run for the for the Magnificent Seven and potentially a tough run for tech. Um, I think we're I think we can still have more of a pullback here. We've got obviously we can jump in here. Let's do the mobile eye stuff for first. So yeah. they come out with a warning here guidance out of the blue too so you never like these guidance cuts just out of the blue and like i was calling this this market did not need this this morning we needed a little bit of a lift not that mobilize a market mover but mobilize when it is warning by this much and let's just give it some context here they're talking about sales being down 50 percent in the quarter <laughs> that's a warning it's not like oh yeah down 10 percent sees q1 revenue down 50 percent five zero they will absolutely murder any stock that says that so it's down 25 percent deserved i mean you know revenue falling 50 percent a quarter they got problems here this intel spinoff not looking that great this morning yeah. Holy mackerel, mackerel. Anyways, uh, street leaning the right way. I mean, I didn't get the memo. Dennis didn't get the memo. But look at this thing. Straight down the last four sessions from 44 bucks to under 40, right? So, oh, boy. A lot of selling going into it. Hard to give you, a, you know, just to, to call it on a dime and say we're going to turn. I just like this 29.50 area. Uh, our pre-market low comes in at 29.15. You have a monthly low right in this area. Big windfall for everyone that's been short to stock here. So I don't know if today, if you want to strike the first day, I'd just be keeping over the next couple of days, really be focusing on this 29.50 area. See if you can get some kind of sustained bid. That's uh, that's looking at it technically. And then Intel was over 50 bucks before I left. And I'm like, what the hell is Intel doing up over 50 bucks? And uh, the, uh, still owns a big chunk of this. Intel getting hit. And uh, down at the $45 area, absolutely in no man's land here. I know uh, Triple D has a little bit to say about Intel. I mean, so this morning, just to give you perspective on what I think of Intel, I have two computers I'm down to. I used to have three trading, but I can, I've consolidated into two. I have my main trading computer is on an AMD processor. And this side computer that I run the show on is a one-year-old computer on an Intel i the i7, is it? You know, the 7 one or whatever. Same chip they had like 10 years ago. It's still their main chip. Um, anyways, it just froze up this morning for like no reason. 20 minutes to reboot it. I'm like, it's one-year-old. Um, I'm just at this point now where I was always Intel inside. I watched those commercials as a young kid all those years. I think I'm done with Intel chips. I think I'm completely done with them. I think I'm just going to buy AMD going forward because you know what? This computer, after one year, has just been acting up. I think these Intel chips just aren't nearly as good as the AMD stuff. So they got to figure it out. But that's you know not why Intel is down here this morning. Intel is down because it still owns a huge chunk of Mobileye, over 80% of it. So when Mobileye is down 26%, Intel is going to take a haircut as well. That is what we are seeing this morning. But it's not just Intel. You can also look at all the other chip stocks going down here. Analog devices, ADI is down $6.00. Texas Instruments is trading down $3 here this morning. Um, they got to fix these 8 o'clock prints because if you look at Texas Instruments, you're like, what are you talking about, Dennis? <laughs> it's trading flat. No, it's not. These are these 8 o'clock prints that come on and screw up all the trading or all the pre-market quotes. So I don't know what these are. Again, we've talked to, you know, we, we've obviously mentioned before that regulators need to figure out that FINRA, just don't classify everything as FINRA. It's half the trades. We need to start getting more color here. But these 8 o'clock prints that change the price aren't the prints. They're late reports. I don't know why they report all at 8 o'clock, but for whatever reason, they screw up your quotes. Texas Instruments is not flat right now. Texas Instruments is trading down over $3. It's offered down over $3 here in the pre-market. It was actually trading down $4 just a few minutes ago here. So you can see it's a little bit of a chip wreck here this morning. Yep. So tech, you know, like we said the, on the mobile eye news, a lot of these chip stocks trading down. Um, let's transition into, I mean, healthcare has been trading pretty well this year. We had a couple different headlines in the healthcare space this morning. Uh, Eli Lilly. I mean, last year, guys, Ozempic had to be probably the, the, the number two biggest storyline of the year behind, of course, AI and chat GPT. But 
uh, Eli Lilly announcing Lilly Direct, a website where people can uh, go to get their weight loss drugs directly from Eli Lilly so they don't have to go through uh, a third party. Stock has been traded up uh, on the news. Um, and and right now, I mean, I was looking at some other stocks that could be impacted by this Weight Watchers, WW, or excuse me, it's not called Weight Watchers anymore. It's just WW. Uh, trading lower because that was, you know, some people were buying this stock because they were thinking, okay, people are going to use WW to get their weight uh, loss drugs. But either way, uh, what do you guys think about this? Eli Lilly saying, hey, let's let's cut out the middleman. Let's go direct to consumer. I mean, that's what Nike has talked about doing for a long time, too. And maybe they do that. Maybe they go direct to consumer. Um, it, this stock has really gotten a lift here this year. And, and maybe it's the uh, anti-tech movement and they're looking for the storied stock of 2024, which Lily's going to be a story. We know they got the weight loss drug coming here. 580 to 620, though, in two days when the <laughs> absolute other market's getting wrecked. But it has benefited from this move into healthcare stocks. This is not just Lilly that has been moving up. We know Merck has been moving up. Look at the parabolic move in Merck from 108 to 114. And that is a parabolic move for this kind of <laughs> stock. Merck. It typically moves 50 cents a day. So you have a $6 move. It's a big move. Abby was having a huge move here, too. It's down here today, which we'll talk about in a second because it got some news from CVS. But overall, Pfizer, Bristol Myers, drugs are cool again. Drugs are cool again. I did add one drug stock just to go off this lay for a second, then we'll bring it all back in. Um, I added Amgen to my long-term portfolio yesterday because I was looking at it. I'm like, the PE is reasonable. They have a weight loss drug that they're working on here too. I've saw what happened with Lilly last year, just blasting off. If this Amgen drug gets any type of traction, that multiple could expand as well because you're looking just comparatively speaking, you know how I like to compare everything, the pairs trader that I am. But, um, you know, you look at a Lily PE, which is just absolutely astronomical now because they bought it up that high, trading 50 times forward earnings, 111 times current earnings. And then you look at Amgen, which is working on a weight loss drug, too. It may not be the Lily drug, but we don't know that it's not. And the forward PE on Amgen is 15. So it's trading under a market multiple. And I think you get that upside look that maybe, you know, this weight loss drug, which is early in its trials, it's not as far along as Lily's, but if it starts to get traction, this Amgen drug, and it's looked so far so good, there could be some multiple expansion here too. So I like Amgen. We talked about it on the show last couple of days. Um, I finally just put it in the long-term portfolio yesterday. So just, you know, adjusting a bit, moving from, you know, some other stocks. And, you know, I've had some cash. You guys know I raised a lot of cash. I'm putting a little bit that that, that back to work, but not in tech. Uh, very interesting move. Lily, we talk about the leaders, the laggers trade. This is one stock, one sector that has uh, really shrugged that off and for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I'm looking at this move from 580 up to nearly the old time high. It's a big move. It's, you know, based on them having a website. Also, they are uh, suing some uh, other companies that were coming up with fake drugs. So I feel this is great news. It's a great lift. I wouldn't buy the stock off this news. And if I was a long-term holder, I'd be looking at this all-time high at 629.97. Be looking at this whole 625 to 630 area as a potential sell area. Um, of course, you bust out, you make a new all-time high. It's a whole different story. But, man, if you were looking at this even last week at 570, now you're up near 630. Could be a, a good selling opportunity. Certainly not buying 629. That's your pre-market high. You're a little over two bucks off that. Very important to take out the pre-market high uh, in Lilly. Uh, let's see, 815. Uh, we covered a lot of stocks there. Do we have Mr. Chaikin or should we go to the uh, should we go to uh, the Abby uh, technical? I think we have Chaikin. We, we do have Mr. Chaikin uh, hanging out backstage. We, we let's, let's, yeah, up? let's bring him in here. We can always come back to this conversation here too with Abby. Or maybe Mark Chaikin wants to talk to drug stocks because you know what? I bet some of these are showing up in the Mark Chaikin indicators. All right, let's go ahead and bring Mr. Chaikin on the stream. Mark, how are you doing this morning? Good. Happy New Year, guys. Happy what, New what a change, Mark, from you know where we were at the end of 2023 to where we are now in 2024. You know, quick sell-off here. But is this, you know, and I was predicting a sell-off in early January. We are getting that here. Is this just another dip to buy, or is this the start of something bigger? I want the Mark Chaikin thoughts here. On Not this. the start of something bigger. Could be the start of something bigger in tech, but uh, I, I'm keying on the fact that this is the year of the other. The other 
493 stocks in the S&P, right. other market caps, so small and mid cap. And interestingly, on the first trading day of the year, there were a few more stocks up than down, even though the market was down 1% in the popular averages. So uh, I think the drugs are definitely starting to show up in the power gauge rating. The power gauge rating on Pfizer turned bullish two days ago. Uh, I would definitely be a seller of Lilly here. Uh, the stock's trading at 100 times earnings, guys. Right. Come on. Crazy. You know, what do you and, think? So I was just giving an argument. I put Amgen in my long-term portfolio yesterday. Beautiful. Looking at Amgen versus Lilly saying, hey, Lilly doubled right. last year. All multiple expansion on the excitement for their weight loss drug. And then you have Amgen sitting at an all-time high right now. It's still trading 15 to 16 times forward earnings. Yeah. I'm like, much, man, if they just yeah. get a little bit excited. Yeah. Amgen could maybe do something this year. I'd much rather own Amgen. It's been bullish in the power gauge for five months. So um, we've... we've uh, been leaning favorably. It was one of the only drug stocks and biotech, large biotech that had a bullish rating. Now the others are joining in. So uh, I think healthcare is okay in an election year, but uh, wouldn't be my favorite group. But you got to have some exposure. It's to me, it's industrials, it's consumer discretionary, financials, materials, uh, and very selectively uh, lesser named tech stocks. We're on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. He usually joins us every two weeks, but uh, we're getting him in back-to-back -back week appearances here. Yeah, because of the important time of the year. But uh, Mark has gone for a couple days. Uh, you know, I come back. We've had a four-day sell-off. And uh, I like to look, you know how I like to drill in on my daily levels. And there's not much here. I mean, yesterday's low uh, held in the pre-market trading. I'm looking at the four-day losing streak. We're trading into green here a little bit uh, uh, so far this morning. Uh, but, man, I, I don't see anything in there until under 4,700. This is basis, the S&P 500 index futures. And that, the low that I'm talking about was the low that we made on Fed Day. So can you got to – I mean, to me, we really need to hold in here or we got another 50 handles on the downside. What are you looking at, Mark? Well, pretty much the same thing. 4,700 on the S&P cash is the 21-day average. We haven't even come close to that since the market started to rally in late October. So that's, you know, we could find support there, or we could dip down all the way to 4,650, which is more likely. So in in strong rallies, I always, in the big averages, always look for declines of one and a half to three percent over one and a half to three days. And, you know, we're testing the outer limits of this because of how strong the melt-up was at year-end. So 46.50 would be a spot where I would start uh, aggressively buying uh, in intermediate accounts. And uh, so I think you've, you've pretty much got it nailed this time, Joel. Okay. All right. And then also the complexion of the market changes now a little bit, right? Like who wanted to sell at the end of the year, even though people uh, did yeah. sell at the end of the year, right? So now, now things kind of change. The complexion of the market changes because you have people in doubt, like, oh, we got over 4,800. We got the 4,830 and change. Or actually, I think 4,841 was a double top there. What, what does the mark, what does the cash or the futures have to do to just say, hey, man, Party's still going strong here. We're bouncing 4740. We're back 4800, 4900, 5000 off this rally. What what are you looking at on the upside? Well, uh, the the backdrop suggests that you'll do that and more sometime in the course of the first half, but uh, the, uh, the indicator that sums it up best for me is the McClellan summation index. It it got over 1000 and it's based on the McClellan oscillator advanced declines on a uh, exponential average basis, that only gets over a thousand at the beginning of bull markets, not in bear markets and not at the end of anything. So that's telling you that there's a lot more upside. It, it sort of summarizes summation index. It summarizes the, the mood of the market and the flow of funds into uh, stocks. In the S&P 500, the summation index went to a level it's only seen one other time. And in this case, you can't take a contrarian view to that. You've got to look for the opportunities to get into the market if you took profits 
so you're with the trend. The, the question then is what stocks? And as I said, financials, industrials, a different list of stocks than the tech names that drove it last year. What what other sectors? So we can go, you know, financials, industrials. You said you liked healthcare here. Is there any specific names, you know, jumping into these? Or, you know, do you want to jump into a different sector? Well, give us a couple, Mark, chicken picks, because you usually get to giving us a couple picks. Well, I'll give you a one mid-cap name that I really like and have for quite a while. That's Boise Cascade. They support Ooh. the building industry with pre, pre-pressured and pre-fab walls, wall board. And here's a sleeper for you, Triple M. Oh, oh, wow. That is a stock that has been hated. It feels like forever. Look at the chart on that and look at the previous double top in the 200 area, 19, uh, 2019 and 2022. You had a double top in the, the stock's trading with a 5.5% yield at 110. A lot of upside. Yeah, cheap multiple. The reason it does trade down is they're still worried about this earplug lawsuit. They think they're going to settle, and then they're going to settle, and then they're not going to settle. And this is saga has just been going on forever. But they have actually traded 3M down to a PE of 11 here now, exactly. which is probably as low of a PE as that thing has maybe traded with in a long time. And they always come up with something like a post-its note, some innovative product that drives uh, the top-line revenue. So. That's for very conservative accounts. That's a stock you can hold for a year and uh, you know, not look back every uh, 20 minutes. But on the more speculative side, uh, retailers like Kohl's, uh, you know, the Macy's deal sort of gives us a clue as to the mind of the market. Uh, they bought Macy's more for the real estate than for the retail. Yeah. And there are others uh, like Kohl's and uh, you know, some specialty retailers that I think um uh, bear uh, should be in in portfolios um you know last year it was clearly tech but you still could make money outside of tech uh if you if you followed the power gauge meaning you followed the fundamentals and the wall street analysts which is basically what the power gauge does uh and i think you're going to see similar opportunities um you know mortgage rates coming down are starting to uh see uh, pick up in mortgage activity, and that opens up a whole panoply of stocks from Mohawk and Carpets and Whirlpool to some of the builders if they ever pull back, the home builders. So, And uh, stocks like BLDR and BLD that supply these, um, these industry leaders are stocks you should be looking to buy on pullbacks. They've, they all did well toward the end of the year, and they'll pull back. Mark, I just want to ask you real quick here about the triple M. Just getting your technical take. I know I see the I see the uh, the monthly bottom here, and I'm, the monthly's absolutely looking horrible. Where, where, like, where's your signet? Like, where's your point? I know you like to buy stuff on weakness and accumulate it. I mean, here I'm looking. You know, you've already taken out last month's high. When do you think things really get started on the upside here? I see a monthly high at one thirteen. Uh, room up to there. What would, well, technically, I know you looked at your fundamentals, but looking at this monthly chart here, what would you say? Okay, baby, we're ready. We're, you know, we're ready. We're ready to go to 120. Well, you take out the high in July. You, you, that's the one, the okay. 113. But I think you don't want to wait for that. Uh, and you're getting paid a big dividend to, uh, to sit there and watch this percolate over the next 12 months. But again, there'll there'll be more exciting names. But to me, this is a boring is better. Yeah, well, especially in a market where tech is so overextended. Let's talk about tech. So you know, obviously, you've looked at these sectors. Do you think this is going to be a reverse year where there's all these other sectors that really underperformed in 2023 are going to be the sectors of 2024, and tech could actually have a rough year, or is this just a temporary pullback here? Because you know, bringing even Apple into the conversation. We got two downgrades in Apple in the first three trading days of the year. So the analyst community seems to be cooling on Apple. I've cooled on Apple a long time ago, but it's still hanging out up here at 30 times earnings. Um, Thoughts on Apple and then just tech overall before we let you go. Apple, I don't really have a strong feel on the fundamentals. The downgrade was based uh, from Barclays was based on the notion of uh, weakness in the cell phone market in China. You know that anybody can game that 
is, is a better man than I am, but I do think there's going to continue to be big demand for chips because of AI. So, uh, I, I, but I don't think you necessarily have to be in the chip stocks. I am looking for pullbacks in stocks like ServiceNow, which will benefit from AI in their business. Um, love the cyber stocks. So Palo Alto Networks, I think at the right price is going to be a, a good performer. And it, it's very selective this year. Last year it was not. You could just throw a dart on a software stock and, and come up with a winner. And I think it's going to be much more selective. But anything that speeds up. So Arista Networks, which was one of our top 10 stocks for 2023, uh, is still looking good. It, it's obviously up almost 100% uh, in a year, but on the right pullback at the right price, maybe down a little more from uh, the oversold buy we're looking at right now on a short-term basis, anything that speeds up data flows and anything that uses AI to improve their um, productivity in, in their core business, which is what ServiceNow is doing. Uh, I think is still going to be okay. The the core chip stocks, maybe not. Um, Mark, so a couple, you know, about a year and a half ago when all tech stocks, the Magnificent Seven were lagging and struggling, we saw Apple, Google, et cetera, get down to actually some pretty reasonable valuations in, in terms of theirs. Would you be waiting for something like that? Or is something is there anything on like the macro level that would get you bullish on these stocks again? I'm talking about the Mag 7 here. Or you think basically all year those are going to continue to lag and you'd rather be looking at other names? Well, I'd rather be looking at other names. They're not going to get down to those levels, uh, in my view, in a bull market. And I think that, you know, everything is pointing toward a, a choppy first half and then a strong finish. And that's typical of an election year. So uh, we've got a lot going for us in terms of historical patterns with the various momentum breakouts. The question is, uh, you know, how low do the tech stocks get? Uh, they're approaching levels of support that you'd rather not see them break. Uh, so I'm looking at a Microsoft, for instance, which has been a, a quiet 50% uh, gainer in, in 2023. Um, they're not going to get to those valuation levels, in my view. Uh, and, and I still love Amazon. Where do you see the Christmas numbers uh, for Amazon? All right. So there you go. So Amazon would be your kind of favorite out of those and, and watching Microsoft as well. Well, uh, Mark, thanks for uh, for hopping on pre-market prep. Anything you want to leave us with? Uh, are you our official new producer for 2024? Well, I won't go that far, but I'm here for now, and that's what matters. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Fresh face and fresh voice, and good luck on it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, I'm Mark. We're going into the jobless claims right here at 830. Thanks again, Mark. We'll dial well. you up in a couple of weeks. Triple D, I don't know if you're going wide here. Initial jobless claims are about to come out. Uh, not a huge number. We'll be waiting for the unemployment data tomorrow. I'm not even going to the one minute chart here because I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. That's not we shall yet. see. We're not getting moving. a number right now. So we so the expectation, the estimate is for uh two hundred and nineteen thousand. Uh, initial jobless claims. This is slightly higher than last week was 218,000. But what's significant is if it is higher than last week's, uh, it would be the third week in a row that initial jobless claims rise. And so if that if it, if it does come in higher than expected, it's hard to imagine that there you know that's not a sign of somewhat of a slowing economy if initial jobless claims two hundred and two thousand versus two hundred and nineteen. Oh, so it came in low. It came in. It, we're slightly lower on the initial jobless claims. Again, you know, that's still uh, looking and saying, hey, this economy is still humming along here. We're not like all of a sudden losing jobs. And a lot of people believe that the Fed will not start lowering rates significantly until we actually see some weakness in the jobs market. This number is not that number. Not much movement here. We know that the numbers coming out tomorrow, right? The, the the jobs number, but I mean, right now we're just still just humming along here, right? We did have a lot of uh, um, you know, uh, uh, layoffs, right? In two thousand twenty three, we haven't really seen the uh, the trickle down effect from it yet, but uh, so far so good in recession land here. S and P's barely budging. 
trying to hold on to unchanged here at 47, 46.50. In fact, we just take that right now. Pre-market low is 43 and a quarter uh, right there at uh, at Wednesday's low. That's the big number on the, to hold if you're looking for a rally back to 4,800. Just looking and, you know, just trying to get perspective here, too, is the one thing to consider is that interest rates are still high. So, I mean, we can say, yep, you know, the Fed's going to, you know, propel this market back up to new highs, but it's not immediately happening. You know, these rate cuts here, we're talking about three rate cuts through the year. Even if we got three quarter point rate cuts, the rates are still historically high. And this is why, you know, certain sectors I would just completely avoid, like automotive especially after the mobile eye numbers here, even I would just completely avoid automotive stocks. And I don't understand who is going to have the money to come in and buy all these new cars. Like I know everybody gets excited because they see Ford or General Motors trading with PEs of six and seven, but they're trading with those PEs, those OPEs for a reason is that it's going to be a more challenging 2024 for these companies. Um, that the interest rates when you're financing these cars is 7% on the cheap end, really. Like that's where, you know, when you get down, like 7% is really where, you know, like if you've got good credit, that's probably as good as it's going to get. You know, I was talking to somebody else that, you know, sell, you know, obviously car salesman. And in, in some cases, you know, when we've got some other buyers, interest rates are well into the double digits. So, I mean, and then you think about the sticker prices of the cars and how much higher it is. This is going to be difficulty for people to go out and afford to buy new cars. So that's why I stay away from all of them, GM, Ford, and I'm staying away from Tesla too for that reason here too. I think there's just going to be less people buying cars in 2024. It's an easy thing to just not, to just push off. Like we're thinking, oh, we need a new car. Well, let's just, you know, drive our other car for another year. When you've got, you know, free money, everybody's going and just buying new cars and just, you know, going. But I think, you know, even my own perspective here, my cars are getting older, 2017, 2018. Usually I trade them in every five to six years. I'm not even thinking about doing that this year. One, I don't want to go buy in Canada a $100,000 pickup because that's what they are in Canada. Um, they obviously got to work the exchange rate in there. But I just think less buyers for those big ticket items. So little stuff still going to, you know, be fine. We know Apple people find money to buy their iPhones. And we'll bring this conversation back in Apple for a second. But, Joel, I just want to get your thoughts on the technicals of General Motors and Ford because they've had a hell of a rally. They have. I mean, the GM has went from 26 to 36. So that's all on interest rates potentially going down. And that will help those companies. But that doesn't mean just because they're potentially going down doesn't mean they've already gone down. I think, you know, after watching Mobilize earnings here this morning or Mobilize warning here, I'm just concerned that this, you know, automotive sector is maybe going to be the sector to avoid in 2024. What happened with Laura's transmission? Oh, still trying to get effects. So they have, so we got a Pacifica 2017, which has <laughs> been basically a piece of junk. Um, Again, maybe you shouldn't just buy, you know, the first you know, run. But um, anyways, just go to drive it a week ago and it won't go into gear. Like it's just like this car started, says start the car. It doesn't even know the car started. So finally, you know, take it in. They look it all over. Apparently, there's a short in the wiring harness, and there's also uh, two sensors that are out. So the, because there's also, there's a t 10,000 sensors on these cars, the sensor that's telling the car is started isn't telling it that the car is started. So this harness, there's a sensor to tell to make you know everything oh, go, man. and that one sensor that's letting you know that the car is started is not working. So they have to not only change those two sensors that are out, they got to change the wiring harness too. Guess how much that fix was for a wiring harness, which is a wire and a couple of sensors. Guess how much the fix is? Fifteen hundred. Oh my gosh, you're right on the money, almost, Joe. It was fourteen hundred and seventy dollars Canadian, though. Canadian. Oh yeah. So like twelve hundred bucks, and I'm like, really for a wire? They're like, well, it's very labor intensive. So I'm like, I don't know. Anyways, what do you do? I'm like, I drive the car. So you hope that's the problem. They they hope that's the problem, and you know they could change all this thing. And me, why is it shorting out in the first place? Is what I was asking. You have this wire harness that's got a short in it. Well, why did it short out? Should we dig deeper? Maybe I don't want to dig deeper. I just want to drive the car. But, but you know, you people are. saying buy a Toyota <laughs> or a Honda. I'm starting to think that. I've always been a big three. Windsor, Detroit, we're big three, right? So I've always been big three. I've always driven a Ford truck. I've always driven Chrysler or Ford products or General Motors products. Mainly Ford products is what I've always been buying. But this is obviously Chrysler Pacifica. But part of me is starting to think maybe I do have to go foreign if they're going to continue. And maybe I'm wrong, you know, but people in the chat are saying Toyota or Honda is run forever. 
maybe I should get something that runs forever if cars are going to continue to be this expensive. When you uh, when you texted me about the transmission, I was just thinking like the transmission just sitting on your driveway, like detached from your car. But that glad to hear that. Um, you asked me about GM, and GM got that boost uh, that the earnings were not going to get hit as much as they thought from uh, from the uh, raising the wages and everything. And it's been one heck of a rally here. I just don't like the way it's losing steam here at the thirty six dollar area. So. I'm not going to call the rally over, uh, you know, right now. But look at all someone's hawking 36 here. Look at all those highs from 36 to 36, what 30 something like that, 36.43. When you see that kind of formation, that that means a big boy is peeling out at 36. They're not just showing, you know, five million to sell 36 or getting a little bit above, and they're coming in and peppering it. They let it do it again. So now you're up 32 cents this morning uh, on halfway decent volume. So I'll be keeping a real close eye on this 36 area on the upside. And if any chance you lose 34.55, that was your low from December 14th, then I think you got, you know, easily fill the gap at 34. But really, I mean, the way the market has sold off the last couple of days, I think GM's held up pretty well. But look what the stock the GM upgraded today too. Just just before really? the GM conversation, Wolf Research oh, is upgrading General Motors. Is yep. pointing that is why it's trading up thirty two cents here in the pre market. We get Ford numbers here this morning as well, though Ford sales numbers here, so that can move obviously all the automotive stocks here. So we'll wait for those. Those usually drop around nine fifteen. So we'll wait for those Ford numbers here. Um, so you got Wolf Research upgrading. I think they're late to the party. We've had the move from twenty six to thirty six. I believe this analyst is wrong. So, you know, and obviously I don't know anything, um, but yeah, well, at this point in time, I just think buying automotives after they've had this big run and it has been a pretty big run, I think you're late to the party. And I feel like that was the November, December buy everything market. And I don't think you want to own automotives in 2024. That's my long-term outlook. Short-term, who knows? Yeah. Shout out Adam Jonas, an analyst over at JP Morgan was getting bullish on these stocks during the strikes when no one else wanted to own them. And the, the, executives... Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Not, not only Adam Jonas. Okay. I, 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 I was bullish these stocks during. The okay. Strike. Joel. So, Conan, and Ad... uh... Yeah. You know why, why you put those two names together here, Aaron, uh, <laughs> real quick, 12, the, the 36 level, you can just put this in your notes, uh, 1250. Same level in Ford uh, as that at twelve fifty clearing that level. You could probably see some more size in the book though. But uh, yeah, you got the analyst love after the strikes were settled. Um, we'll see. See if people yep. are gonna be. I need a new oh. car, but rough on my mobile. Hey Joel, so do I. You know, mine's in the shop right now too. But uh, all right, let's move on. Oh, what do you drive? Stop. Did what you hear you about this, Dennis? Do what? you remember no. what Spencer? A couple years ago, he went away and he came back, and someone like mowed his car on the on uh this the uh, Detroit side street. Do you remember that or not? With your, not your really memory, no. no. And it totally wrecked his car. So I talked to Aaron getting back on the show, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I had to take my car into the shop. It could be the curse." Of the pre-market so, so what happened I got well, what? I I don't know. I got home from my trip. I was out of town for the holidays, and I got home, and my car had been hit on the street, and they didn't oh, leave a gosh. note or anything. And at first, I thought it was just cosmetic and whatever. And I get in the car to drive it, and like the wheels all messed up, so I had to tow it to a shop. And now I'm gonna have to pay the deductible on my insurance because the guys, you know, we don't know who did it, so it's it's no. a it's a pain, but it's gonna be fine. But I do want to move on from cars real quick because I see some people in the chat asking about Amazon. I've got two stocks right now that are getting impacted by TikTok. So TikTok announced no, no, yesterday that it is going to start beefing up its e-commerce sales. So TikTok has a shop within the app that users can just buy stuff directly from the app. And what's interesting is that not only is it bought from the TikTok app, but TikTok then actually is, it's like full service. They're the ones shipping the product to you. So you buy something on TikTok, TikTok puts it in a package, TikTok ships it to you. It's doing everything. It's vertically integrated. Uh, right now that the U.S. shop, uh, it, they've started to grow it last year, but they've come out and said, we want to grow this to a $25 billion a year business by the end of this year. So directly going after Amazon's e-commerce business in the United States. Now, TikTok has already done this with Doyin, its sister app, which is basically TikTok that operates in China. And Doyin does like $200 billion in sales 
of uh, of online merchandise in China. So they already have the blueprint. They're just trying to bring it to U.S. So I think Amazon investors not happy about that. I mean, TikTok has over a billion monthly active users, a billion. That is like one seventh of the world. So any type of traction with this U.S. Uh, or with this shop that they have in U.S., I think could actually impact some of Amazon's e-commerce sales. Now, what I will say before I turn it over to you is if I'm a big Amazon bull, look, Amazon already, I'm not bullish Amazon because of their e-commerce shop, right? It's AWS, it's all these other things. So if their sales start to suffer a little bit on the e-commerce side, do I think that's the absolute end of the world for Amazon? No. Is it great news? No. I, I just think like worrying about a seven a TikTok coming in and eating Amazon's lunch, I think is insane to worry about that. I don't so think you Amazon is seriously trading down two percent because TikTok's gonna come and start eating their lunch. I think we have bigger <laughs> things to worry about here. Now Amazon is trading down here this morning and Amazon is overbought. And I'm still long Amazon and my wife's long term portfolio. It's one of the only magnificent seven that I still own. Um, well, I own NVIDIA as well. Um, but, you know, of the like mega caps, the big guns, you know, like the Apples, Microsofts. I owned Apple. I owned Google. I own Microsoft. And I've owned Amazon. The only one I kept was Amazon. Um, poof. I don't know. Like, I, it's it's just had such a run. You know, could this cool off to 130 to 135 if we really go into this rotation where they're buying drugs and, you know, and, and, and consumer staples and, you know, taking off, you know, like taking off out some of these, you know, higher PE ratios. I mean, Amazon is tr still trading 38 times forward earnings. It's not a cheap stock. So I think that's, you know, uh, more of the concern here is that we just have a little bit of multiple contraction happening here in some of these mag magnificent seven names. Like Apple gets downgraded again. We haven't really dived into that too deeply here yet. Uh, but I think, you know, if Amazon is trading down $3 on TikTok, which it probably is, I think it's probably an overreaction, but it's not the kind of stock I want to buy right now. I, I I have to disagree just in terms of like the scope of what this could mean long term for Amazon. I mean, young people, I don't personally use TikTok that much. I mean, I, I run the Benzinga's TikTok. It's the only reason I have the app on my phone. But I mean, the user, like how much young people use this app is absolutely insane. So if, if you have, you know, even a slight percentage of young people that start buying whatever it is, clothes, goods, et cetera, on TikTok instead of Amazon. That's what people care about the most is having that young demographic of shoppers. Because if you're marketing to people, if you're advertising, you'd rather get someone that's 18 years old that's going to be spending for the next 20 years rather than someone who's older who who might not have as many years of, of spending left. So, I mean, I, I obviously we'll have to see how this develops. But if this TikTok shop continues to grow, it's hard to imagine other e-commerce. I mean, are other e-commerce stocks or Shopify getting uh, hit on this too? Uh, no, it looks like Shopify slightly down. Slightly I think you got down. market effects here too. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's just uh, that, but I do think you know every every major you know you have Reuters, uh, Bloomberg, TikTok. The uh, headline from Bloomberg is TikTok eyes 17 and a half billion dollar shopping business on a of the day. on Amazon's turf. So I mean it is it is being you know kind of like they're 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 targeting Amazon almost uh, exclusively. Is TikTok like. still around? Is oh, my God. oh my God! Oh my God! Is TikTok it's, still it's, around? It's bigger than uh, it, it's ever been. I, this is Joel's joking. So AB, you'll get used to Joel's jokes, but he is being <laughs> well. So uh, you know what? You young kids don't have no money. What are you? What are you gonna buy? You know, can, can I color this can I color this too? And I'm not saying I'm not advocating to go out and just buy Amazon here today because I think we're in a tech correction here, and I think you got to wait until we actually bought them before it is coming in here. But let's give some perspective here. 2023 revenues, like, and we don't know the the, the fourth quarter projected to be 554 billion dollars for Amazon. 554. This article is talking about TikTok becoming a 17 billion dollar company. So you're talking there potentially may get potentially two or three percent of amazon's market share that's what we're talking about here the potential for them to potential. grow into two or three percent of amazon's market share and they knock amazon down two percent just for that today that's how these algos work well if tiktok's going to come and take two percent of the market share we're going to knock two percent of the market cap off of it today so if this was a bull market i would say this amazon is a buy but we are not in a bull market here right now in 2024 not a bear market either but we're in a correction so it's a good time to, you know, for headlines to drive price down. Right now, I like was even noticing yesterday, it was like everything that was upgraded yesterday, a lot of stocks besides Moderna, 
you know, weren't really going up. If they were downgraded, they were hammered. And that's, you know, just the indication that we just turned a little bit. We're in a corrective phase, not a bear market, but not we're in a corrective phase here. So I'm not coming in buying Amazon here today, but I'm just thinking this is probably an overreaction. So the other Uh, technicals here real quick here, AB technicals. uh, Well, you have this one low at 43.64. I'm going to I'm going to throw that out for right now. I'm not saying that it can't get there, but I just look at this 145 area. Uh, just under 145 and a half. I wouldn't be selling into the hole here and shorten this thing down, you know, three bucks, hoping for 140. Uh, big windfall. You're at 155. You traded over 155 on December 20th. So, you know, if you faded the Santa Claus rally and you're like, hey, you know, this, I mean, look at this, you're getting a nice windfall on that. So I can keep an eye on this 145 area. Uh, pre-market low is 144.85. If you don't take that out early on and start pressing, 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 pressing this lower, then I look for a little bit of a rebound. The bottom of yesterday's range is definitely achievable if the S&Ps can turn around. And that comes in at 148.33, riding a one, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven-day losing streak, looking at eight. But we'll see if the buyers uh, uh, emerge. So just real quick, the other TikTok story that I teased today, uh, Peloton trading up at one point nearly 10% this morning on news that it is partnering with TikTok to make some workout content, et cetera. Uh, I'm not a big fan. TikTok market. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah, you, it it, 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 it's, 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 it's enough to move the stock. So I'm not it a big is. Peloton fan, but Peloton trading higher on that news. I don't know how much we really need to stay on this, but if you were wondering why Peloton's trading higher this yeah. morning, it's because of that TikTok news. I think we have bigger fish to fry this morning than Peloton. Like you I, mentioned. I believe, and I've said this before, and I said this when it was 25, 35, I've paid Peloton for a long time, and Joel has too, despite his wife owning it. Um, I do she believe. I, so, so I don't know the path to get there, but I believe Peloton will eventually declare bankruptcy. So this is just not just my opinion. I have no inside information. I don't know anything, but I believe eventually Peloton will declare bankruptcy. So I'm not buying anything. Peloton's not going to monitor for it. Could it have ridiculous runs? Yeah, it has. Could it go to five to ten before that happens? Yes, it could. I do not think Peloton is going to be. I, maybe they're going to be around in some capacities because they're going bankrupt. Doesn't mean the stock is zero. That's why I didn't say I don't think it's a zero. But I do think Peloton eventually goes bankrupt. Unless it, gets, unless it gets, unless it gets acquired, just my opinion, folks. Just my opinion. Could be an acquisition target. Uh, but no, we've heard this before, AB. I know. We've I heard know. this before, AB, and everybody was like, "So it came out that somebody, I forget who it was, was going to buy them at thirty-five. It was thirty-five dollars a stock, and it was popped it like Nike? forty dollars. What was that? Amazon. 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 It was Amazon. Amazon was rumored to buy. You've got it. We've got to give perspective here, and the reason that I said nobody is buying it was the market cap. So if we go to our trusty Benzinga Pro, and I continue to do this here, and just type in Peloton's market cap, the stock is still trading with a one point nine three billion billion dollar market cap with one point six eight billion dollars in debt. Who's Crazy. paying two billion dollars? It's not two million dollars. Two billion dollars and this was the argument i gave when it was 10 billion dollars i was like nobody's paying 10 billion nobody's paying probably 2 billion either sorry folks i don't think you're getting bailed out on your peloton by an acquisition this is just my opinion again people get really pissed off when i get opinionated like this but you come here for opinions the opinion on peloton which i've been absolutely correct on for a very long time is peloton stock lower so everybody hated me I actually, when I posted that at 35, so I had the rumor. I just want to give context here. Two years ago, I had the rumor. I think it was like two years or a year and a half ago that Amazon was going to buy them. The stock was trading $35 and popped to $40 that day. I tweeted out that day that I believe I, that I don't think anybody is going to be buying Peloton. Um, and I think the stock is going a lot lower. And I had 500 messages at me that day when the stock was 40. 500 messages telling me how stupid I am. And of course, somebody's going to buy Peloton eventually. Well, look who's stupid now. The stock is five bucks. So I ended up being right. None of those 500 people came or messaging me today and saying, oh, thanks, Dennis, for like, you know, like letting us know that it wasn't getting bought when it was 40. So I'm going to keep saying it. It's five dollars here now. I still think I think you get a pop. You can get a pop. You got a pop in the TikTok news. Sure. I just think pops are to be sold on this stock. Because I think eventually the stock is going bankrupt. And I don't think anybody is buying this company. Okay, so um, we will start banning our first stock of the year on the show. 
And that Peloton? Would be Peloton. Yep. Peloton <laughs> What do we ban? We banned AMC because when I said something negative about AMC, I didn't just get 500 messages. I ended up on a Reddit board and I had like 10,000 messages crashing me because I <laughs> said something you? negative on AMC. So I don't talk negative. I went, and went on Dave Lauer's show and said, I love AMC and I love GME because I don't need the hate, man. I don't need the hate. I'm not buying those stocks, but I love the AMC apes. I love you people. I love all you people. You can't talk negative about AMC GME. I don't know about Peloton. If you can talk negative, I will find out later today. I'll probably get multiple messages yeah. hating me for this. So we'll find out. But these are storied stocks. And when you talk negatively about somebody's stock that they bought at 100 and it's at five and they're really hoping to get their money back one day, they hate you for that. I mean, nothing like a pandemic to get exercise bikes, uh, you know, um, in vogue. I mean, oh that, my gosh, that was such a bubble. That was the I, bubble I of mean, all bubbles. But you, you tried to tell was... Lisa. Joel tried. People give Joel heat, but he has been trying to sell that out of his wife's. It's his her wife, his wife's account. He's, it's it's her account. account. It's not a it's, my account. You've hated it too. You've hated it all along with me, and you warned. You warned Lisa about it, but I've but. tried to talk to her. Two two things. I I tried to talk to her. Um, when she bought some more, that was like the kicker thing. When she bought some more, I don't even want to talk about the prices. And I tried to explain to her PEs. I almost brought Dennis in on this one about how many Pelotons they're going to have to sell, how many people are going to have to do it. And and I so when she bought some way up, I said at one point because we had a great average cost. I don't know because we bought it actually in December of 19. She goes, I get up at five o'clock, go to the gym. She goes, I don't get up at five, five thirty, go to gym. I want something better than our 25 year old workout bike. So we went around, we locked around, you know, we heard about Peloton, we bought it. Then of course the pandemic hit and it took off, but I gave her a stop price. I said, if it falls below 120, we're going to exit. And I don't even know what happened. I think it went to like 140 to 110 one day. And then it popped back up to like 120. I can't remember. Yeah, it must have been right here. And I said, oh, we're back at 120. We can get out. Mm, no, no can do. So that is it for 2024. Talking about Peloton. What do we have, AB? We got seven minutes Boom. left. What else? Let's, let's bring me? it back to healthcare real quick, just because there were some headlines we missed on uh, or not missed on, but we haven't gotten to yet. So when I was talking about we were talking about Eli Lilly direct earlier. I did say Ozempic. I know that Ozempic isn't Eli yes. Lilly's weight loss drug, but I use Ozempic like people use Kleenex for tissues. That's just what I call. <laughs> that's what I call all of them. So I know that's not uh, 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 Eli Lilly's. But um, we had some news with AbbVie and uh, CVS. So CVS announced yeah, that it's did. going to be dropping uh, AbbVie's arthritis drug from its list of preferred drugs to go with some biosimilar drugs. I don't know if that means they're going to go with the. Uh, you know, generic version of the drug instead, but AbbVie trading lower on that news. Um, and I know, so Dennis, you bought some, uh, no, you bought some Amgen, but Amgen, AbbVie, kind of similar uh, companies. What are your thoughts here on this AbbVie news? Um, it got hit really hard on in the initial move. It was down to 154 and change. And somebody was, did just you pick it up, Dennis? Uh, no, few... because I don't know. Like, I don't know the details okay. on it. When you, again, when you're trading news, you got to, have a good understanding of it or you should stay away and i don't know how much humira and is you know and abby's you know and i don't know the repercussions for all this so i just it's a warning that i just stay away so i stayed away obviously you know the dip was bought one thing to consider is that when healthcare stocks are dropping right now there is an underneath demand for healthcare stocks one they're defensive two it's got a nice dividend and three they've just been hot in 2024 i bet as much as tech has been cold that's how hot healthcare has been. So you got this dip in Abbey. They came in and they bought the dip. I still don't know, you know, the repercussions from all this. Obviously, CVS is huge. So, you know, if they're not going to cover this drug, how much revenue potential loss is that for Abbey here? The market's saying not much here now. Last night they were saying a little bit more. So lots of, you know, balls to juggle and stuff to consider here. You know what? I, the reason I thought you bought the stock is because I, I was flying home. And, you know, you get bored. I was reading a book. I've seen all the movies on there. And I said, okay, I'm going to take a look at Twitter. And so I pull up Twitter and I was like, you're like, every down five bucks on this news. And I thought I could just see in there lifting offers. It was because it happened just after the just after the close. Correct. Yeah, right And I didn't say it in that. This is the problem with Twitter. It's the context. So you maybe read it that I was being like, this is an overshoot. But I just was reporting. So I okay. just literally reported every down five points on this. 
So I was oh, like okay, letting everybody Gordon. know why Abvi was trading down. It was uh, this DJ that tweeted it out. But actually, we saw it in Benzinga Pro too. I, I just didn't have time to read the, the filing from CVS. So I was like, so, you know, I, on Twitter, they summed it up. This guy summed it up pretty good. So CVS to replace Abvi's blockbuster Hermira with cheaper rivals. Yep. So that's a concern. So I was just reporting Abby down five points on this. Okay. I was like, Abby down five points on this. Are you nuts? I'm buying it. It wasn't like that. So that's a problem with, <laughs> with social media. Context, you know, and tone is sometimes hard to convey. So I was actually just reporting on that. All right. CVS uh, on the other end of this, uh, boom, got a little bit of a pop. Wow. Look at CVS on the comeback trail here uh, in really in late 2023. Uh, boy, it seems like all these rallies, though, are absolutely faded. But uh, I guess we got let's go to let's go to Walgreens Boots Alliance here. If uh, we're staying on the drugstore, yep, I was gonna. That, yeah, I was gonna uh, transition from CVS to Walgreens. Walgreens reported earnings this morning. The numbers were actually pretty good, but the company announced that it is slashing its dividend by nearly forty eight percent. Uh, and if there's one thing investors like, it's making money. And one way to do that is through dividends. Yeah. So when a company slashes its dividend, it doesn't matter a lot of times that the top line numbers were pretty good. Um, although, you know, uh, how we trading on Walgreens when we looked at when I looked this morning, it was slightly up, but not not really. Yeah, they they pulled the rug on it. Uh, just for me, it's all about holding this uh, this gap area uh, from twenty four seventy four to twenty five. If the bulls wanted to vend this stock that's the area they're going to do it in if not look out below there's nothing but a triple bottom under 23 bucks i i uh just don't know why this isn't right aid that's why i stay away from wba cvs is best of breed if i wanted to own these retail drug stores i would own cvs but i don't want to own any of them i haven't owned any of them for a long time there's better places to be i'd rather be actually in the drug companies as opposed to you know retail where you know you're under attack we know brick and mortar retail has been under attack for a long time. These CVS, you know, and, and Rite Aid, Walgreens are on every street corner. And, you know, it's just, is this where we're going to be in 20, you know, 34, 2044, that everybody's still going to the drugstore to get the drugs? Or is stuff going to start getting delivered directly to you? I still believe it's more getting directly to you. So I'm just not a brick and mortar fan. If I look at my long-term portfolio, there are very few brick and mortar stocks in there. You know, I had Kohl's in there for a while, took the loss on it. Obviously, you know, we talked, you know, you know, Walmart, Costco would probably maybe be two exceptions. I don't have either of those, but I'm just not a brick and mortar fan. I still think everything, everybody's getting stuff delivered to them. So I just think there's just not going to be as much need for physical drugstores 10 years from now. So hard to invest here, even though the dividend yield was attractive yesterday, not so attractive here today. Yep, I've even started ordering more things online through Amazon that I would have normally gone to a pharmacy for, whether that be toothpaste, deodorant. I'm like, well, I'm going to need this stuff anyway. Might as well get like four of them from Amazon at the same time. Yeah. Um, before we wrap, I do want to get back to Apple real quick. We mentioned another downgrade from Piper Sandler. Now Apple is trading about a half a percent lower than it was oh, when we started man. the show. Yeah. So Apple leaking even more. This has got to be, I mean... I, I think like if you're going to watch one thing today, it's watch this because if Apple breaks, if Apple continues to move lower, we could be in for a very, very rocky start to 2024. More, yeah. more rocky than uh, than we are. It already has been. So, uh, I mean, what are we? Are we down to what? One and a quarter percent right now in Apple? Yeah, we're down about yeah 1.24% here in the pre-market. I mean, it's just had the big run from November, December, 165 to 195. So we we did the exercise, you know, the 50% retracement. We are actually getting perilously close to coming through that here right now. If we're not, Joel has the tool, so I can just yeah, I'll it get it. I'll get it for I you here. Math because I don't have the tool there just sitting there. But um, I think that there is an issue here with, um, you know, the 50% retracement. We're going to get through it. It looks like Joel's doing it right now. 183. Yep. Yeah, we're, 183. we're through it right now. So now you start thinking, okay, well, we're through the 50%. 180 stands out like a sore thumb. It seems like a natural bounce area here. But again, this stock is trading. And this is why I dumped out. So if I was really bullish on Apple, I would never want to pay the tax on holding it for that long. That was I, a net, yeah. on Apple was $25. I sold it last year. My average out was about $175, I think. So I'm like, when I'm eating, when I'm actually willing to pay the tax bill, it means I think the stock could potentially go a lot lower. The multiple is just too hot. So 
I, and again, you know, people are still finding reasons to buy iPhones and, you know, they're, they're going to continue to buy iPhones. It's a cash cow, but it's more of a consumer staple like type of stock now here now. Yep. And, you know, yields have come up a bit. I just don't see the reason to buy Apple at 28, 29 times earnings. Apple at 23 times earnings. Yeah, let's go at 29 times earnings. Yeah, I don't think so. Couple things here. And I was thinking about this when I was gone and you mentioned it before I left. People just wait. They didn't want to pay the taxes on this stuff. And I actually, I did, I did talk to Lisa about a couple things. And I said, instead of, you know, we didn't have much tax loss harvesting to do. I go, you know, let's look at some things that we may want to sell during the year. All right. And then we could take that money and we don't have to pay taxes on it until 2025 for a year and a half. And she was like, we're not selling it. And I'm like, okay. I mean, there goes that argument. But, you know, I think that's <laughs> a lot that, you know, that hit the market these first couple of days. And now it's very important to stabilize here in this area. Mark and I, you know, disagreed where the, or agreed where the support in, uh, this was. Second of all, Dennis, we just might as well call this bet off uh, between uh, 160 and 200. It's because- back to there. Yeah, <laughs> I almost won in October, 62. and you came within a, a hair, thirty-eight like cents, smallest little speck of winning it in December, and now it's come all the way back down. Do you want to just call it off? We're kind of right here in the middle here, you know, right now. We could call it off. I'll call it off. What do you want to do? Uh, let, uh, well, we're having fun talking. We about had one. It. So, so for those who start, I had one sixty. He had two hundred. The stock was trading one eighty. And it got down to 165, and I was, you know, riding him a little bit, saying, yeah, here we go. And then it went all the way up to 199, and Joel still didn't get it. And uh, now it's back here to 182, so it's come full circle here once again. Are we just going to call the bet off, or are we going? No, we're going to keep it going just because okay. it's good banner, and it just it just keeps us in focus that, Might you be know, a decade before we yeah, have resolution Yeah, that's here. what we said originally, and also the importance of whole numbers, too. I mean, we never got to 200, but if you're a big institution that says, hey, if I could get anything over 195, you know, and that's what you got. You actually got to one uh, ninety nine sixty two. So I missed it by thirty eight cents. But uh, you we'll know what, what I happens. find so impressive too, just with the Apple conversation before we end the show. Berkshire Hathaway owning so much Apple, and look at the stock. It's the mirror image of Apple. Berk goes up every time Apple goes down. So here, and again, it's the value market. So you know, we know we just buy Burke blindly when we're moving into value stocks. But Burke in 2024 is straight up and Apple is straight down, despite Apple being the biggest position in the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio. Isn't that interesting? Shows how much the market just has, you know, just doesn't care on these closed end funds. They don't care about the holdings. What they care is we're buying value stocks. Berkshire is value. Yep, and we talked about that yesterday, that Apple makes up like a th- over 30% of uh, Buffett's portfolio right now. So it'll be interesting to see what it does with Apple. I anticipate probably nothing, uh, considering it, it probably doesn't want to sell Apple and, and, and cause all the pain that would cause in terms of, uh, I mean, we, we talked about it yesterday, Dennis. You said that yeah. Apple, could, Apple could go down 15% if, it, if, uh, if Berkshire starts selling. So I don't think it'll do that, but it might not be also adding more. Who knows? Um, but yeah, certainly something to watch today to see if Apple can catch a bid anywhere. I mean, even, even, as, uh, even if it doesn't close green today, get all the way back up. If, if I can see green off the open for Apple, that'll no, make me. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't even know if you're going to uh, see the bot. I'd be looking for the bottom of yesterday's range is uh, if anybody's trying to scoop this up. Off I think the 180. Open. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got I a date think... with 180. Yeah, there was all kinds. Of, so go back just the old resistance becomes new support trick. So September, we had the brick wall at 180, got up there multiple times, couldn't get through it, snuck above in October, and then finally took it out in November. I think that old support become or old resistance becomes new support trick here. So I do think 180, I think you could bounce there, but I think it's got a date there. I think it's come this far. I think you're buying at 180, 196. I think you're at least two bucks too early because I think it's hit 180. Uh, one, one cautionary note, my iPhone watch is not holding its charge and I have no idea why really? it would How hold a charge. It? it would, uh, a uh, couple years. Don't tell me I need a new one. Yeah. That's what uh, they do. Three years planned obsolescence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I used it a lot and we used it for swim. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, you put I, it underwater. Well, yeah. you're supposed, supposed to. You just, I like, know it's supposed to be allowed to, but I do the same thing. I do the same thing with mine. Yep. 
Okay, let's right. uh, let's wrap things up. Dennis, your final words. I'll give you my final words and our guest for tomorrow, and uh, we'll put a bow on it for today. Uh, final words are just, you know, the tech correction continues throughout this show. We continue to get wrecked on tech here. Mobile Eye, may, uh, you know, a main cause of some shit oh. pain here this morning. Obviously, Intel and trading down Tech Instruments, ADI. So you got to chip wreck a little bit here this morning. I'm not panicking. I'm not like selling everything out of the long-term portfolio. I actually did some buying, you know, but what I bought again was Amgen. You know, I, I, you can see I've got this like theme going on here, a little more defensive, potential story stock, kind of just added up. And I took a double size position in Amgen too. So I didn't even take a regular size. Wow. I took a double size position in it right off the bat. Ooh. So let's see, you know, and, and again, this is not really me to be buying stocks at all time highs. It's not really my style. But I just think that there's the potential that this stock, if the drugs continue to be a story in 2024, I think this is going to be a sleeper. I think there's going to be a lot more people talking about their weight loss drug in 2024. That's why I put in the long-term portfolio. This is not a trade, folks. Not a trade. Long-term portfolio. Okay. Uh, Got to hold this pre-market low here. 41 and a quarter uh, is where we hit. We hit 41 after hours. Not seeing great support here. So if you want to try and buy the tip here, I'm, I'm not going to give it a lot of room. On the upside here, let's see if we can get green at 46.50. I know we've traded up and down and through it a thousand times, so it's not as a relevant uh, number. Feels like the high of the day is in at about 47.57. So let's see if we can find support ahead of that Fed day low at 46.96.75. Uh, tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna talk with Ivan Feinseth uh, over at Tigers Financial Partners. Uh, my prediction will be he'll be bullish the market, but uh, Ivan always has some good stocks uh, for us. So uh, thanks for joining us here. Glad to be back here on pre-market prep and uh, everyone have a great day.